up, Coastal Community Church? We're so glad to be joining you online this weekend. Man, we are in store for an incredible weekend here at church. Wasn't our worship that just happened amazing? Come on, in your house, just go ahead and give it up for them. They're doing an incredible job to try to create a great experience for you. By the way, my name is TJ, and I'm one of the pastors here, and we are glad that you're joining us online on YouTube or Facebook or, or on our stream, on our website. We are so glad that you have joined us this week, and I believe that God wants to speak to you, that God wants to encourage you, that God wants to build some things in you this weekend. And, and you know what? This week has been a crazy week. I mean, there have been so many changes going on over the last couple of days in people's lives. I mean, we're, we're getting ready to come out of spring break. Some people are already out of spring break. So we got homeschooling going on for some parents this week that have never homeschooled before in their life. They've been posting online all kinds of crazy things. We know that it's been a difficult week for you. We've got social distancing happening. We've got all kinds of things going on. It seems like every five minutes we're getting a new uh, press report or press release or some sort of online thing from a governor or a president or a mayor or whatever and it's like the times are ever changing for us and then we're all stuck in our homes is anybody sick of being stuck in their home at this point like it's like man you just want to go for a drive by yourself somewhere just so you're getting out and and, and having some sort of what feels like real life even though it feels like we're stuck in this place it kind of reminded me of a few years back we were getting ready to go on a mission trip and we decided to do one of these uh escape room projects anybody ever had an escape room experience and and so we took our missions team there i'd never done an escape room before in my life i had no idea what what exactly that might that would mean my wife said it would be fun uh, I found it to be other than that uh, but I remember they, they they put you in this room and they said hey listen we're gonna give you some clues and if you ever get in trouble you can call somebody that's outside of the room and they will give you an additional clue and if you solve enough of the clues within a certain amount of time then you will escape the room and at the end of that time we'll let you out if you don't and I thought to myself well I guess I win either way because I get out of the room uh, some of us we feel like we're not winning right now because we can't get out of our room and that's that's a little bit of the problem uh, it, it feels like we're in an escape room kind of thing and we don't know how long it's going to be we don't know what clues are the right ones we're supposed to be looking at or taking in life and I remember getting in there and there was a group of us and some people were really good at solving clues and some people were not I was not um and it was very, very frustrating to me because they would give me a clue and I wouldn't have any idea what it was talking about, but it looked like there was a doorway through pulling that book. And so I would just start trying to pull on the book because uh, I was like, who cares about clues? Let's just break things. Um, and I thought that that would be a good idea. It didn't really help the, the escape aspect of it. Uh, it actually made me feel more trapped. And some of us right now, we feel more trapped in these seasons. We feel like there is no way out. There is no clue that is going to get us out of this place. We feel like there's nobody even on our team that is helping us in these moments. And in these moments, it can feel like we're in the never-ending story of us never being able to escape almost like this self-prison. You know, sometimes in this quarantine state that we're in, it can feel not like we're safe, but we're imprisoned. 
And it got me thinking about that because it impacts so much of our life. It impacts our emotional life. It impacts our spiritual life. It impacts our social life on a huge scale. It impacts our financial life. And it got me thinking about the Apostle Paul when he was writing the book of Philippians. And if you don't know the history of the Apostle Paul, when he's writing to the church in Philippi, he's actually writing from a jail cell In other words, he's in a room, locked up, kind of like an escape room. And in that moment that he is on his way to a sentencing, he's he's wondering what's going to happen in his life, how his life is going to turn out. And I think it's in those moments that a lot of uh, things that are inside of us, a lot of attitudes, a lot of choices that we have, are, are right there in that moment. There are some choices that I believe that every single one of us in this season of life, no matter how long it is or how short it is, there are some choices that we're all going to have to make if we are going to survive and thrive in this season. Because we all have a choice in life, whether you realize it or not, you are making choices every single day. You're making a choice whether whether you're gonna be happy, whether you're gonna be sad, whether you're gonna be exuberant, whether you're gonna be recluse. You're, you're making choices all the time. And I believe that the Apostle Paul in Philippians chapter four gives us some clues to some choices we should be making when we're facing this quarantine, this escape room kind of thing that we're in right now. And this is what he says, starting in verse four of Philippians chapter four. It says, celebrate God all day, every day. I mean, revel in him. What the Apostle Paul is telling us is he's saying, listen, there are some choices you and I have to make. Remember, he's sitting in prison. He's wondering, what is going to happen in my life? Am I going to make it in life? Am I going to get out of this? Am I going to fulfill my purpose, my potential? Am I going to escape this or not? And what the Apostle Paul is telling us right here, if you're taking notes here today, is is we have to choose to worship over worrying. We've got to choose to worship over worrying in life and i've lived by a mantra that i think is so important in this season and it's this don't let what's wrong with you keep you from worshiping what's right with god (laughs) i mean honestly we can't let what's wrong with us, uh, depending on what might be wrong with us, maybe it's a health issue we're facing, maybe it's a financial issue, maybe it's some relational tension with our spouse right now, maybe it's our job situation. In fact, maybe today you might have just found out you lost your job this week. And it's in those moments you, you want to naturally go to worry because you're wondering what's going to happen next. And what God is saying is he's saying, listen, in spite of what's happening around you, there is an internal choice that you have to make that I am still good. I still have a plan. I still have a purpose. And you can choose to worry about that or you can choose to worship me in that. And it's so easy in our day and age to get fixated on the doom and the gloom and the worst case scenario and miss out on all the good things that God is doing and will do and wants to do in your life. And here's what I know is when worry is high, worship is low. But on the flip side of that, when worship is high, worry gets low. Now, now it would be easy in this moment to go, but that's kind of weird. It's like God's some sort of egomaniac that in my worst days, he wants me to worship him. Listen, God does not need our worship. What God knows is that we need 
to worship him. He knows that we need to worship him because what, 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 what happens when we worry is worry makes our problems big and God small. But the moment that we begin to worship, all, all of a sudden what it does is it begins to make God big and begins to elevate God. And all of a sudden in the shadow of an almighty God, that problem starts to get overwhelmed and overshadowed because really worship is the antidote to worry and when you think about worry what is worry worry is really worshiping it's just worshiping your problem you're you're making it grand and you're making it big and you're making it your ultimates and what god is saying is is man we we gotta we gotta celebrate god yes. all day every day and what's funny is is that worry is interest paid on a debt that you're probably never gonna have to even pay for So it's important for us to celebrate God at all times. And you know what's, what's interesting to me is naturally when you think about like, hey, I'm going to go and worship like what we were just doing. And, and worship is a lot of things, but particularly when it comes to singing and raising your hands like you just saw in, in the music portion of our service. You would think, well, I'm giving so much of myself. I would think that as I give myself like that, I would be exhausted. But people that worship know that when I go and give myself to God, I feel more full and more of life than, than when I'm worrying. Because what is worry? Worry is emptying me of my life. Worship is filling me full of God's life. And so what Paul is encouraging us to do is he's encouraging us, man, choose to worship God over worrying over your problem. Then he goes on to say, in verse 5, he says, make it as clear as you can to all you meet that you're on their side. Working with them and not against them, help them to see that the master is about to arrive. He could show up at any minute. What the Apostle Paul is telling us to do in the middle of our, our escape room kind of scenario we're in is he's telling us, man, you know what we need to choose? We need to choose people over ourselves." We need to choose people over self. In fact, just a couple of days ago, Shayla and I, we, we went to the grocery store. We were, we were making a grocery store run. We went to Publix and it was amazing. We, we were able to find virtually everything that we wanted. And uh, when we got to the cash register, we were waiting in line and, and a woman from Publix walks up to Shayla and she goes, hey, somebody just returned some toilet paper. Would you like it? We were like, praise the Lord, hallelujah. You know what I'm saying? Because we didn't need any toilet paper, but we would have liked some toilet paper. We had like two rolls left at home. And, and so we had, we, had, we had rationed that out. We figured we could make it about eight and a half weeks. Have you seen the folding, how you fold down? You used to just take tons of toilet paper. Now you ration, you get two, two little things and you fold it, then you fold it again, then you fold it, right? You gotta, you gotta do all that is TMI TMI on video I'm sorry um, and so this this and Shayla's like yeah I love that and so it's sitting in in our 
on the little conveyor belt thing going on and another person comes up and they're like, oh my gosh, where did you find toilet paper? And Shayla just turns to her and goes, do you need it? Because if you need it, you can have it. Why? Because you got to choose people over yourself. You got to choose people over yourself. And so many times, as Christ followers, we expect the church to take care of people. But let me just tell you something. You're the church. (laughs) We are the church. And so if we're the church, we have to choose people over ourselves, and it's so easy to get so self-focused, self-absorbed. I've got to meet all of my needs. I've got to take care of me. And what happens in those moments when you make everything about me is you begin to isolate yourself. Have you noticed that where the enemy destroys us the most is when we're the most isolated? We make it all about us. And so God, right here, the Apostle Paul is encouraging us. Like, listen, make it about people. In this season where we are in this place of social distancing, man, internally as a church, man, make sure you're connecting to church online. Make sure you're connecting on our social media platforms. Make sure that you're calling people. Make sure that you're texting people. Make sure that you're doing FaceTime with people. Choose people over yourself. Make sure that that you're being encouragement to other people. If you think of somebody, call them. If you think something good about somebody, text them, email them, do something to let them know that I'm choosing you over being self-absorbed. Externally. I think this is a great opportunity for us, the church, which is us as individuals, to serve people. How do you do that? Be a good neighbor. Maybe get to know your neighbor's name. It's a great time. They don't have anything to do. Just walk outside and go, hey, stop right there. What's your name? You know, it's, <laughs> they're looking for a conversation. Everybody in their house, they've had every conversation they've ever wanted to have at this point. <laughs> they're looking for somebody. They're just looking for something interesting to talk about. Be the interesting thing to talk with them about in this season. And what you might find is, is as you're out in your yard or walking your dog, if you see a need, meet it. It's a great way to serve. You see a need, meet it. Go, man, I can, I can do that. I can take care of that. I can help you out. I can let you borrow some butter. I'll put it here. You walk over, you pick it up while I walk away. It'll be great. Share your resources in this season. I heard a great story this week. I heard about somebody losing their job this past week, and another family called him up and said, hey, we're going to give you $1,000 a month for the next 10 months to help your family through the season. Wow. Sharing your resources. Incredible. And they're choosing people over themselves. He goes on to say in verse 6, he says, Don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, Pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers. Letting God know your concerns. Before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good will come and settle you down. It's, a wonderful, it's wonderful what happens when Christ 
displaces worry at the center of your life. What Paul is encouraging us to do here is to choose prayer over panic. He's saying, man, stop panicking so much and start praying. And listen, if we prayed as much as we worried, we'd have a whole lot less to pray about, wouldn't we? What he's saying is, is when we pray, we need to have this attitude that as we begin to pray, we, we have this gratitude within our prayers. It says to praise God in the middle of our prayers. What does that mean? We're beginning to thank God. When we begin to thank God, what is that doing? It is shaping the worldview of our life. It's giving us a different outlook because most of the time our prayers are, God, save me, redeem me, fill me, pay for me, whatever it me is. He's saying, instead of being me focused, why don't you start to focus on my goodness in my greatness and be thankful for what you do have in this season and all of a sudden which what that does is it 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 starts to take the panic and the fear and the worry out of your mind and it begins to fill your mind with the good things of god what god has done what god will do and what god will continue to do and when you begin to do that that gratitude that thankfulness, that praise begins to alter your perception of the, re- of the situation. That's why 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18 says, Give thanks in just good circumstances or in just perfect situations. No, no, he says give thanks in all circumstances. And here's the kicker. It says, this is God's will. So many people want to know, God, what what is your will for my life? God's will for your life is that you would give thanks in all circumstances. (laughs) Then you go, God, man, thank you so much. Like, I got 99 problems, but praise ain't one. I got 99 problems, but prayer ain't one of them. Why? Because I'm going to give thanks in all circumstances because that is God's will for you in Christ Jesus see another version of that verse in Philippians it says when we begin to do that in verse 7 it says the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds see what happens is is there is a premise and the premise is, is you give thanks to God and the promise is is that God's peace which God is peace will transcend your understanding. So that means God comes and begins to shape what's going on in here, which all of a sudden overtakes the emotional things that are going on in here. Then he says he'll guard your heart, which is interesting because that word guard is is actually a word that it, it means to prevent a hostile takeover. You know what hurry does and worry does and fear does? And anxiety does is it has a hostile takeover of your life and what God is wanting to do is he's saying man I want to guard I want to protect the most important thing in your life I want to guard your heart and your mind I want to make sure that that's whole and that's well and and if you if you were to look back it says that Christ displaces worry that's at the center of your life and makes him the center of your life 
In other words, God becomes your ultimate. He becomes your source when you begin to pray instead of panicking. And every time you have some panic start to come up, you know what you need to do in that moment? You need to pray. Every time you start to hit a moment where it seems difficult, you know what you need to do in that moment? You need to pray. MC Amherst back in the day had a song, we got to pray just to make it today. That's why we pray, pray. You know, it was, that's why we pray. We got to pray just to make it today. Because when you panic, you don't make it very well through that day. Continue on in verse 8. He says, summing it all up, friends, I'd say you'll do your best by filling your minds and meditating on things true, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious, the best, not the worst, the beautiful, not the ugly, things to praise, not things to curse. Put into practice what you have learned from me, what you have heard and saw and realized. Do that. And God, who makes everything work together, will work you into his most excellent harmonies. What the Apostle Paul is encouraging us to, here to do is he's encouraging us, number four, to choose hope over despair. Choose hope over despair. How do you begin to choose hope in your life, it begins with what you're filling your life with. He says, man, what are you filling your minds with? Because garbage in, you've heard this from your parents, garbage out. It's so easy to just fill our minds with panic and fear, and worry, and doubt, and self. In fact, that's a steady diet of this world. What God is saying is he's saying, man, there's got to be some other source of sustenance in your life. There's got to be other, some other source in your life. It's one of the reasons why we encourage you as a church. And I want to encourage you right now, person that's watching online, one of the greatest things you could do is get into God's word every day because it is a source of encouragement, is a source of hope in your life. It is a source of grace and mercy and love that you need right now in this season when you're getting so many other sources that are feeding you all kinds of things. You know, it's, if you have a diet of garbage, if you have a diet of sugar, like my diet in high school consisted predominantly of Skittles and Mountain Dew. We all know that, that and I would throw a Red Bull in there every once in a while to, to, for some pick-me-up. Not, not a healthy diet. So I'd have a lot of energy for about 30 minutes. And then I drop. Why? Because I get sugar high. I get an adrenaline rush. And then it'd be gone. But when I started changing my diet as I got older, all of a sudden I started having energy throughout the day. I started experiencing a fullness throughout the day. And I, I believe that as we start getting the right diet, 
We start putting it into our life. He says, actually, as we do that, as we're reading those things, as we're consuming those things, he says, then not only do we need to get those things in our lives, but then we need to put them into practice in life. Like we have got to practice choosing hope because every moment we have, a, we have a choice, am I going to go towards despair? Like this is gonna be terrible, this is gonna end, or am I gonna choose to see the best in that situation? A lot of people right now are looking at this and they're going, man, this is terrible. And I'm looking at this and going, this is opportunity. It's all about how you choose to put it into practice. And I'm choosing to look at the opportunity that's there not the destruction that's there. It's not that I don't see destruction, because I do. I'm choosing to practice opportunity. Because as I do that, all of a sudden, that information becomes application in my life, and I start to see the benefits of it. And what God says is that he'll make all of those things, all those things work together in verse 9, he says, as we, begin to, as we begin to fill our lives with the right things and we begin to put those things into practice, what he says is, he, he says, do that, and God makes everything work together. And what he's doing in making everything work together is he's working you and I into the man, into the woman, into the student, into the child that he's always called us and wanted us to be. And part of this whole thing is, is we're choosing God's process. This process doesn't always make a lot of sense. Doesn't always, wouldn't always be the process I would choose or you would choose. But he's going all Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. He's making you into his most excellence. <laughs> Harmonies in life. I just went old school on some people there. They don't even know. And what you do when you choose hope is what you're doing is you're reminding yourself you're reminding yourself that choosing the wrong ways doesn't make things go right because I've just learned whatever I focus on I have the tendency to drift there So if I'm focusing on despair, you know what I, what I naturally gravitate to is despair. When I go, God, man, I'm going to put all of my hope in you and I'm going to trust in you and I'm going to give you my everything and I realize how weak I am in that moment. One of the great things is, is that just a little bit further, God gives us a promise in verse 13 that I can do everything through him. Who gives me strength? And some of you are like, but, but this is how I am. I'm a, I'm a pessimist. I'm not an optimist. No, no, no. You can do all things. But you don't know the situation that I'm in. You don't know how bad it is. Well, in verse 19, it says, my God will meet all of my needs according to his riches and glory. Not according to my situation. Not according to my circumstances, but according to his ability. And some of you have been focusing so much on your ability in this season. You've been choosing to worry instead of worship. You've been choosing to choose yourself over people. You've been choosing panic over prayer. You've been choosing despair over hope. And 
And I want to ask you this day, who are you going to choose to serve? Who will you serve this day? Are you going to serve God? Because when you serve God, you choose worship, you choose people, you choose prayer, you choose hope. Anything else you choose, you're choosing the other side. And I want to encourage you, church. I want to encourage you in this season. I want to encourage you while you're by yourself or while you're cooped up in your house, while you feel like there's this, like, wait, when is this ever going to end? Make the right choice. Choose. Choose to seek after God. Choose to trust God in spite of what you see. And God will work your situation into his most excellent harmonies. And in that process, he's going to develop you into the man or the woman that he's calling you to be. Would you guys bow your heads and pray with me? God, we thank you that you're a God that, make, that takes us right where we are. Takes the ingredients of our lives and our circumstances and, and takes all that we have when we choose to worship you and we choose people over ourselves and we choose prayer over panic and we choose hope over despair that God you begin to create and I pray for every single person that's listening or watching right now God that as they make the choice that they're going to serve and they're going to follow you that that you would begin to create in them a new heart a new mind a new life a new way a new opportunity a new outlook for every single one of them and maybe there's some people that are out there watching today you've never begun the most important relationship there is and that's a relationship with the creator of the universe and, and today you need to choose jesus you need to choose the fact that there is a god that loves you so much that while you were in the middle of your mess he said i'm not going to leave you in your mess but i, I choose you and that's what god did he chose you and he sent his son Jesus to come to this earth and live a perfect life and die a sinner's death for my mistakes and yours. And he rose again three days later so that you and I, we could have life and experience the fullness of it. And maybe today you need to experience that. It begins with a prayer. It begins with this. It begins with you saying, Jesus, I need you. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for giving your life so that I could experience new life through your death and resurrection. Forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart. Come into my life. Fill me. Bring hope to my life. God, instead of allowing panic to rule my life, God, I'm going to pray and I'm going to praise you in that moment. God, instead of worrying about these things, I'm going to worship you for who you are and what you want to do in my life. God, move inside of me. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. If you just made a decision to follow Jesus there today, I just want to tell you, you just made the best decision you have ever made in your entire life. In fact, we, we just want to celebrate that with you. The Bible actually says that all of heaven right now is celebrating as you gave your life to Christ. And we want to help you. We want to give you some some tools and some resources for you to journey on your faith. In fact, if you're out there today and you need some prayer right now, you need somebody to stand with you, there are people that are on these chats and there's a little prayer button if you're on our website that we would love to pray with you. We'd love to talk with you. We'd love to help you out, whatever you're facing here today. In fact, man, if you have some needs, you have some things going on, we as your church, we are here to serve you. We're here to help you. Please let us know. Church, we love you. Man, we're praying for you. We're standing with you. And we believe the best is yet.
to come. See you next week.